All right. Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. As always, our official sponsor is Running Aces Racetrack Casino and Hotel, and our other sponsors are Learn Pro Poker and Website Amp. This is episode 192 overall and the first with our brand new expansion to two podcasts a week. Uh, and today we're going to have a chance to chat with Blake Bond. He's the Minnesota Poker Hall of Famer. He's the all-time money winner from Minnesota. He's an MSPT Hall of Famer and a ton of other cool stuff. So uh, we'll get to Blake here in a second, but let's first introduce our panel. Uh, my name is Steve Fredland. I am Rec Poker Steve in our Poker Stars home game. And I'm reminding you what Edward Norton said. Life, like poker, has an element of risk. It shouldn't be avoided. It should be faced. Uh, and I'm Andrew Feist. I'm dealer 412 in the Poker Stars home game. Uh, Doyle Brunson once said, poker is war. People pretend it is a game. <laughs> and I'm Chris Jones, 5x5 five five on uh, Poker Stars, 5b5 on Twitter. <coughs> and my first Poker Stars password, which I have since changed is stop hero calling with ace high <laughs> <laughs> positive thinking chris um, i'm jim reed i'm uh, blusterini in the poker stars home game and taking a quick break from poker i'm just telling you to go out and support your local food bank and uh, i'm john somsky poker geek mn on poker stars and on twitter and i'm gonna pull another uh, rounders quote if after 30 minutes at the table you don't know who the sucker is at the table you are the sucker. <laughs> and I'm Rob Washam. I'm Radman50 on Twitter and PokerStars. And uh, the quote of the day is, aces are larger than life and greater than mountains. Nice. Well, thanks, guys. As always, it's so fun to do it as a group. A couple of quick things before we jump in. Uh, like I said, this is the week that we expanded two podcasts, so buckle up for that. Uh, this one focuses on interviews. The other one, we're going to be extending discussions that are happening inside of the forums at rec.poker. And just a reminder that Rec Poker is way more than a podcast. Uh, we are a vibrant and encouraging poker learning community, which means uh, we, we have a blast. We celebrate each other's victories, we build relationships, uh, and we learn the game together. So if you want to become part of that deal, you can join our community for free at rec.poker. And if you want to go premium, use the code recpoker for 10 bucks off your first payment. So with that, uh, let me bring, bring in uh, Blake Bond. Uh, as I mentioned, he's a Minnesota Poker Hall of Famer, the all-time leading money winner from Minnesota with, I think, about $3.1 million in earnings, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, he's an MSPT Hall of Famer with three wins, nine final tables, 25 total caches. Uh, and in 2015, he made a deep run in the main event, uh, finishing 23rd for 263K. And so far, I've counted nine online WSOP caches this summer. So excited to talk about that. Uh, but welcome, Blake. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's been super fun to, to connect with you here as we prepare for this thing. And uh, <clears throat> tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing now these days. I know uh, we have a pretty good following in the Midwest, so people know you from Minnesota, but obviously sure. uh, your career is taking you beyond that. Yeah, so, you know, I played poker for quite a while, maybe uh, professional tournaments for a better part of 10 years, I would say. But I just uh, really fell in love with poker again maybe about uh, two months ago with this online uh, thing that we have to do now. Like I went to Nevada and, uh, just play, like I couldn't wait to play. Like I'm like, uh, I hired a coach slash good friend of mine to help me look, teach me how to fold, which was a key to, <laughs> key to helping me out. But, uh, I just really like, uh, just really enjoy it these days. And yeah, sure. I've had a lot of success, but, uh, you know, I don't play as quite as much as I do anymore just because I don't necessarily have to or whatever, but I still enjoy the deep runs, obviously I'm, you know, chasing like, uh, I guess it's just tough to explain what it's like, uh, for those that haven't been there to be down deep in a final table or for a lot of money. Like it just, it's one of the few things that gets me going and excited. So I'm just going to keep plugging away. And have you been primarily a tournament player or have you played a lot of cash in your career? So my poker career started with uh, limit hold'em, uh, playing 1530 limit hold'em, 3060 limit hold'em stuff like that so uh for years i would go to the go to canterbury park and just try to grind out you know small wins here and there and the game was a lot simpler that back then when the poker boom happened and um but i've always liked the tournament aspect of it because you can put more pressure on people and i feel like i can uh 
there's more things to read than uh, how you played with this guy last Thursday. I think uh, I do a good job of uh, being aware of what's going on at the table. And uh, so I started to have some success, and then I started having more success. And uh, just it's just my passion. I just love tournament poker. There's just so many different levels of thinking to it, you know, like not only what I think of players, but what they think of me. Am I here locally to where, you know, there's, you know, different opinions or whatever, or I'm in Florida, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's just, I, I love the mind game. It's just amazing. Well, I, I love that. You know, I've had a chance to work for the MSPT a little bit. So I've had a chance to watch you, uh, you know, over the course of, of multiple days. And it's super interesting because I think, you know, you have this, you know, this perspective of you that you apply a lot of pressure and you do, but there's also these periods where, you know, you're not super active. And so I think, you know, if people think about you, they don't realize the whole magnitude of the game and the strategy that's going into that. But I'm curious about the pressure side. Has that always been like uh, kind of built in hardwired into you where you kind of recognize, you know, weaknesses or really use the psychology of the game? Or is that something that developed over the course of your career? Um, there's a lot that I would talk about on pressure. Um, in fact, it's one of the things I had as one of my notes, like, uh, I feel like I thrive under pressure. I'm not really scared to lose. And it's not like I haven't been broke or I've had a lot of money before, but I still feel like, uh, you put people in certain situations. The first thing that got me better at tournament poker is what didn't I like done to me? So mm -hmm. if somebody calls me out of the big blind after I open and they lead into me, I hated it. You know, back in the day, you would just be like, well, they could never have it or whatever. And now you have to process it. But so I didn't like that. And what else don't I like? I don't like raising the middle position and have the button flatten me. So that's what I started doing. You know, I just, uh, I paid attention to what other great players were doing, you know, that I respected. Um, and uh, just kind of like adapted their style. Like I'm really good at processing fast on my feet and thinking things through like that. But uh yeah, pressure, pressure is where life is lived, you know, like, uh, you know, like there's the line in rounders, as you guys all say, like the great Walinda says, you know, life is spent on the wire, the rest is just, you know, whatever, you know, it's just like, I guess that's where, you know, it doesn't make me better than anybody else, but I just enjoy it. I love the thrill of it, you know, and you could, you, I think you might be talking about putting pressure on others, but it's just about making them feel uncomfortable or like talking to them in a certain situation, you know, that's just, we play a game of incomplete information. That's what poker is. So the more information I have, the more experience I have, you know, the better results I should have overall. Yeah. Love it. Rob, did you have something? Oh, no, I was just going to ask, um, you know, you talked about how you kind of understood the game based on what made you uncomfortable and that's what you gave to them. Is this something that you have been training to do outside of the table or is this something that you've just kind of happened while you've been playing? Yeah. So I just, uh, I think that's, I think it's important to learn from other people at the poker table and you could be learning from who you think would be a bad player and not what to do. You could be learning from a good player and what you like about them. You could be learning from yourself and be honest with yourself. And, you know, we always remember a lot of times, Oh, you know, I had ace king, the guy had ace jack, he made a jack and you know, <laughs> it can't do anything, but you don't remember eight levels before, you know, when you had seven outs and what might not have been three, but you had seven outs, you won the hand. I'm just taking chips and that just goes in there. Like, yeah, I'm the best. You know, we don't think about that because variance is going to, you know, the problem with variance is you're going to have to play thousands of tournaments to make that even out, you know, tens of thousands of tournaments actually. So um, I'm trying to just accept the results. Uh, I love uh, the game that I play right now, and I'm really into it. Love it. And I think that's just human psychology, right? We remember the bad stuff more than we remember the good stuff. And so I think that that fits right into what you're saying about how we forget when we we make the suck out. I, I want to go back to something that you said earlier. You talked about, I've been playing, you know, tournament poker for 10 years or so, and I know you've, you know, kind of revamped that up. But then you're saying, but over the last couple of months, I fell in love with the game again. And we'll talk a little bit about the online and things that are going on now. But I, I think that's a fascinating comment as for those of us who are recreational players going, wait, you played tournament poker for 10 years and you're falling in love again. Didn't you love it all the time? Uh, so talk a little bit about just maybe the grind or what was your emotional state can, during that? Can we swear on here? Yes. Well, fuck no, I didn't love it all the time. You know, sometimes it felt like, you know, when you're short on money and you're playing, like, and you take a bad beat, like it ruins the rest of your day. And then you want to go home to a significant other or a child and they want your attention. And you're just like, you know, you have to learn, like we, the poker industry 
win or lose, you're playing around negative people because most people are kind of losing. You know, I mean, we have a positive attitude, but when you're sitting at a table, there's a lot of people that are losing, right? Whether it's you mm-hmm. or somebody else. So when you deal with that day after day and limit hold them or tournaments or, you know, we play, you know, okay, so they pay 10 or 15% of the field. So maybe you're really good and you cash 25 or 30%. Okay, guess what? Seven out of 10 times I go to work, I fail. In the Major League Baseball arena, you you succeed three out of 10 times, you're in the Hall of Fame. Right. Not here, you know? And we have to deal with going home and saying, nah, I could have played that better. We could have done that better. I could study more. Did I get enough sleep or whatever? Analyze stuff. Um, you know, and I've been through the whole gamut. I've been through ups and downs, been broke. I've had lots of money and... Uh, I just try to try stay true to myself. There's only a certain amount of people that know really who I am, you know, and I have a uh, certain, certain, uh, I guess not a stigma, but you know, certain people think a certain way about me and I'm just kind of learning to accept that and just be myself. Cause I know who I am as a person and a player. So. Well, so, so talk a little bit about, um, oh, I know John's got a question, but really quick before we grab to John, um, you know, in, in Minnesota, who are some of the people that, either just gave you fits. I want to go national and international as well, but you know, locally, who are some of the people that either gave you fits or that you think are maybe players to watch coming up? I was kind of dreading this question, quite honestly. Uh, you know, in the Minnesota poker scene, I'm not sure, like uh, definitely uh, respect everybody. And I've learned that over the years, but I don't think I ever sit down at a table in Minnesota and I'm just like, shit, can't yeah. believe this guy's two to my left. You know, maybe that's cocky. Maybe that's conceited. Maybe that's the attitude you need or the confidence you need in yourself. Whether I'm right or wrong, I mean, I'm willing to take my skills up against most people, and not just in Minnesota, in, in the world, right? So um, we have a nice community. People play good poker here. I think not enough credit goes to the MSPT, not, uh, you know, shooting my own brand or whatever, but... Brian really came on the scene and gave like us money to play for to where it really, really filled in some voids of how to learn to play tournament poker for money, you know, for a lot of money before, you know, sure. We had, you're playing a daily for, you know, a thousand or 8,000, whatever, but all of a sudden MSPT, you're playing for hundreds of thousands to where not a lot of other States or communities have the ability to travel after playing for that type of money. So kudos to them and their brand and our brand or whatever. But, uh, I guess as far as somebody gives me fits, I would I would hate to uh, probably name any names. Um, <laughs> yeah, tell us exactly why. No, yeah, no mean, so any, any up and comers, any people that you're kind of going, man, would you keep an eye on this guy? Either I out of Minnesota. Really don't I really don't follow it. Uh, yeah, I really enough. don't follow the local scene that much. Obviously, I haven't been playing locally a lot, yeah. and especially with the COVID and stuff. But uh, you know, there's definitely some players around the world that uh, that I've felt like when I was sitting there with two fives in middle position saying, if I just raise this, I'm going to get three bet. And then I'm not going to know what to do when it comes, when it comes uh, king eight, four, you know, then I'm going to be, you know, screwed. So, you know, I'd be play a little more tighter or try to uh, pick my spots better. But, you know, here in Minnesota, I mean, if I have the Jack seven hearts under the gun, it, I mean, we're playing, you know, we're just <laughs> I feel I can play post flop better than anybody. So yeah. you know, let's go with that. Love it. Love it. John. Uh, yeah. I wanted to go back uh, a few years ago. Your the favorite, tweet that you ever put out that I saw was when you were having your deep run in the main event and you said something along the lines I don't have the exact wording here of you know this is an amazing experience it's something I wish everyone in their life could experience once Um, and that's not an exact quote but the gist of it what was that like uh, to be honest with you just you just us talking about it I just got chills again it's something Mm. I'll never forget Um, you know maybe eight, nine years ago, I got like a hundred or 177th or 108. I think I have a couple hundred finishes and I was just like, well, there's my chance, you know, I'll never get back there again, you know, and then I got a hundred and it's the same thing. And, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, not afraid to say this. Uh, after I busted 23rd, I shed some tears in the Rio. Like it was, uh, you just pour your heart and soul into it. And, uh, I guess you can take out poker and put in, a different uh, profession that anybody loves or in a game that anybody aspires to be great at and say, I wish everybody had this feeling once, you know, because uh, you know, the pressures there, the electricity in the air, like going to sleep after day six of a poker tournament. I mean, I've played 12 to 14 hours a day for six days. 
in a poker tournament, you know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there on 18 blinds going, yeah, there's plenty of time, you know, no problem at all. <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, there's just, there's just so many cool stories about that. Like, cause normally you think, you know, when you're in the 12 blind or 18 blinds and you have 20 minute levels, then it's like, holy shit, I got to make some moves in the main event. It's two hour levels. So I guess, um, let, let's shift gears a little bit, uh, to talk about your online experience. Now let's, let's the last couple of months, you said you just been loving, loving what's going on. Talk about the experience of playing, playing the world series online or just your entire experience and why it's been so enjoyable. You know, I decided uh, when the World Series of Poker announced some online events or the online series this year that I was going to go play it. But I guess to my credit or to uh, everybody was like, well, we're going to go to Vegas and sit in a hotel room and uh, play poker. And I'm just like, nah, screw that. Like, I'm going to go <laughs> somewhere. I'm going to go somewhere outside of the casino. I'm just going to be playing poker. Right. So I love the Lake Tahoe area and uh, took my assistant and went out there for three and a half weeks and just. Mornings were working out, eating healthy, uh, you know, seeing Tahoe and then playing poker every day. And it was just a, it was a really good recipe for success. It was, I got away with my dogs and it was just, uh, it's nice to get out of Minnesota for a bit. And, you know, so the first 19 days were there and then GG poker's in. So you got to go back, you know, so once I left Nevada, you can't play WSOP, but you know, then I went to Mexico to play the GG and, you know, I'm home right now, but I'm leaving, you know, to go play the rest of the series on GG. So. Okay, and so what's been your experience online? I know we we've seen some of our of our uh, of our professionals sort of have meltdowns uh, yeah. because of the technology. Uh, what's been your experience? Well, uh, he would not be our professional because I'm not <laughs> a big fan of his. I know we all know what we're talking about right now, but uh, yeah, there's been some. You know, wsop.com. Their website is not the best. Uh, GG Poker's software is amazing. You get to sweat the river card in a lot of spots. Uh, it's fun, like being able to like show your emotions at the table rather than keep them in. You know, like can I can sit down and take a beat for a hundred thousand, and I might not move or win a pot like that. To where here now, I can I can swear I can throw my fourth mouse off the wall for the day. You know, I can do whatever. <laughs> I mean, so what? I guess what is your perspective on on some of the some of the stuff that's been going on? Some of the you know with with live streaming with Twitch. You know, we get these personalities that are out there, and sometimes it's amazing to listen to. Sometimes it's like, wow, this is surprisingly negative do you have a perspective on that or do you just kind of tune that stuff out uh you know i think poker just like life or uh, society now now it's all about influencers rather than back in the day you know it was like who could win more money on there now these sites don't even want you to be a winning player supposedly you know it's like they're trying to build a a brand and i uh, i don't think i mean even in poker's heyday it's really tough to make a living at poker I mean, I don't, I wouldn't advise it. I don't want my son to do it. Sure. Keep it as a profession, love it, be a passion of yours, but I would never recommend grinding cash or tournaments. I just think there's such a small percentage that can make enough money on a year to basis to, you know, to survive or whatever. Like, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough that I, uh, I won a bunch of money, you know, years ago and I put it in some good spots and uh, I come from a, you know, professional background. So I tried to treat it like a business a little bit and sure I have leaks and I've made mistakes and stuff like that. But, uh, it's really allowed me now in my, you know, I just turned 48 to just, you know, I just can play when I want and I have for the past few years. And sometimes that might be a $500 tournament aces. Sometimes it might be a 25 K in the Bahamas. Like I just, I just <laughs> kind of, I, I don't just like wake up and go that day. It's all planned out, but I just kind of do what I feel. And I try to, uh, try to focus more on myself or what's going to make me happy. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's a lot nicer to be able to play when you don't have the stress of that money or the financial issue. Right. So, uh, you know, when you take a beat and you're broke or I make up or, you know, you know, you just you have to defend. Yeah. I don't know. It just sucks. But so I'm just, mm. I don't want to say fortunate cause I've worked really hard. Like I have really put in time off and on like, mind professionally like physically like i i put in so much more effort than people see and uh and i'm okay with people not knowing that that's just part of what makes me me you know and uh negative comments drive me my own uh failures drive me and uh, uh but right now i'm just really like it's come full circle where i just love playing the game like i just mm. like, it's just really interesting to me to see like you know what he thinks, what I know, but he doesn't think, but I can never have this. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> I mean, when it doesn't work, you look like an idiot, but I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. If somebody calls me down with five high, I'm showing my hand. I'm not throwing it in the muck. 
right? I'm turning that over saying, look at me, you know, you know, I have reasons why I did it, but, and people can laugh or they, people can say, Oh, can you believe that? But you know, I'm still going to show up. One, I want the information and two, I'm just not scared. I'm just not scared to lose. Like you have to like lose the fear of chips and money and just be yourself. And if you're not uh, making mistakes, you're not trying enough. I don't think like mm. we all want to get better, but you still have to like, people want me to teach them poker. Yeah. Blake, teach me how to play tournament poker. Well, do you know how to play the six, four of spades? No, you don't. And you're not gonna. So we can sit down and have lunch and I love you. You're a good friend of mine, but <laughs> until you try to play the six, four spades, you know, until you try to play the eight, five of clubs, you know, or four bet the Jack nine of hearts, then you're just not, I can't teach you because I see what I see. It doesn't make those plays right, right? I'm just saying they play a different style. It's more ABC. It's like, well, this guy must have it. He three bet me. And more. I'm like, how could this guy have it? He three bet me. I know that he doesn't have it, you know? And then I, you know, jam and he's got two kings and he has it. And I just go back to my notes and like, remind yourself they always have it, you know? And it's like <laughs> stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I'm just enjoying myself and love, uh, love the game. It's such an intriguing game. There's so many different levels of it. Like I wanted to ask you because you mentioned playing five hundred dollar tournament at aces and a twenty five k in the Bahamas and the main event and I, I when you're approaching a tournament whether it's a five hundred dollar at aces or a twenty five k in the Bahamas how what is your approach how does your approach change based uh, or does it uh, based on stakes based on the quality of opponents you expect um, do, do you do you do you arrive expecting to play a different type of game or is your game just sort of translate to all those different sort of venues and settings? Sure. My first comment would be, it shouldn't change. You know, it shouldn't change. You should still put in the same type of drive and effort and pay attention and stay off your phone. Um, but it definitely does. Definitely could be a leak of mine to where if I'm playing a smaller tournament, it's not going to hold my attention the same, but also, you know, I, I, I know when I go play at, you know, at Canterbury or running aces, I know the players, you know, and I know the structure, you know, and I know, I think, I think a lot of tournament players don't, don't adjust their game for the structures. The clock. You know, I don't think they uh, take in consideration, like, you know, their $500 tournament aces is super great structure where you could play a 1k tournament and, you know, another state and it's, it's like a speed tournament. So you, I just, I've just always paid attention. I know when the breaks are, I know how many players are usually left. I've been in those spots before. Like I'm just gathering all information, but certainly I get more excited to play the bigger events. I think anybody probably would, but I would never go play a tournament uh, here locally or anywhere. If I didn't want to, like, I would never be like, Oh man, I got to get up and fly here or drive here. Like I'm only going to play when I want to. And uh, so that makes it, uh, you know, more fun. And yeah, sure. It sucks when you bust out early, but, you know, when you go to the five diamond and you're, you know, you're on day three or four again, and you're just like, you know, this is, this is what we play for, you know, and you don't get those chances that often in live poker because you don't play that many. Like, I don't, I really don't play a ton of volume in the bigger tournaments because there just isn't that many. But so when you get there, you, you know, take advantage of it. So, so at this point, I mean, obviously the money is good when you run deep in a, in a big tournament, but is, is playing tournament poker, is it, is it the, going after the buck or is it kind of is it the rush of you know the the hundred tables down to 20 yeah. down to 10 down to five down to one or what what sort of really drives you in terms of tournament poker that you really enjoy yeah i'm not really sure how to answer that because you know years ago i would have said that uh which i still do it would have been like you know i'm i'm chasing i'd really like to win a bracelet i yeah i don't think it yeah. validates your career but it'd be something cool to just have because you know when you go to a cocktail party and you actually tell people what you do which i try not to and they're like, oh, you know, you've been on TV, if you want a bracelet, you know, and it's just like, uh, <laughs> oh, you count cards? No, I don't count cards. You know, <laughs> right. Um, oh, I always split my eights or whatever. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> they have no I, idea. I'm, I love money. I'm not afraid to say that I'm addicted to money. I love money. So that money's great. But the deep runs, like to when you're, you know, you're seven-handed and the next payout's 80K, but first place is, you know, 1.2 mm. million or whatever, you're just like, you know, that's, that's stuff people dream about and that's stuff that still drives me. And that's probably why I play. I love the competition. You know, I come up as a, as an athlete. So, you know, this is something that fuels my competitive desire. You know, I'm okay at golf, but not good enough to be <laughs> good enough to like, <laughs> you know, be super competitive. So I found this and I've always been a game player, a card player with my family growing up. And uh, I just felt like this game just suits my personality. And so we had a few few questions in our forums. Uh, we had solicited questions from people in advance, and some of them we've already talked about. But Rob Adsom uh, was was asking a little bit if you're if you're itching to get back 
into live play? Is that, you know, we touched on a little bit, but are you kind of like, man, I could live here forever. This is fine. The way this is going, I'm fine here. Or are you like, I really do want to get back to the live game. There's something about it that just fuels me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. There's mixed emotions. When I first, when it first went away, I was like, I hope it, excuse me, comes back really soon. Uh, right now I've been playing so much that, uh, when the series is over in early September, I hope I don't see a card for a while because I'm playing, mm. like I'm playing so much volume, um, because I love it and because the price is right, you know, but uh, as far as live poker, uh, yeah, I miss I miss traveling to the places that I go to, whether it's Florida or LA or even Atlantic City. Like Atlantic City sucks, but the Borgata is a really nice casino, you know. So there's places that I go, and I know certain people in certain cities. So I miss that part of it. But uh, as far as sitting down at a ten-handed table, you know, trying to like get some room and uh, you know, like listen to bad beat stories or somebody tell me like, <laughs> remember in, remember in '09 when you had the Queen Eight of Spades, and I'm like, no. Just enjoying, like, I'm just enjoying being by myself. Like, uh, it's fun. Like, uh, it's it's a good break from people. Let's put it that way. Good. That's awesome. Um, so, my question on this is, like, you said you have a certain persona and that kind of thing in Minnesota, and you're perceived a certain way at tables. Uh, when you're going online or when you go somewhere that people don't necessarily know you, does your does your approach to the table change from when you're in Minnesota to when you're yeah. somewhere else? Definitely has to, and. Uh, you know, the first couple WSOP events, uh, you know, I, this is the first time I made a WSOP account. So nobody knew my screen name. And they do after you cash. But those first couple events, I, I mean, people, my friends were asking me and I wasn't telling them. You know, I'm, I'm keeping that edge. I don't want anybody to know who I am until they have to know who I am, you know. And people don't know. Like, my assistant was sitting there tracking everybody's online name, everybody when they cashed. We knew... Before, when I sat down at the table at the WSOP, if there was a, somebody that we knew, like with all the previous games, we knew who they were. We were putting their sticky notes up. We were, we knew who they were, right? We were visualizing their chips. If I played with them in the past, and hopefully they didn't do the same thing I did, which gives me edge. Like I'm just looking for any, you know, little thing that can people can do for free before, and I just prepare better. Like uh, some of the best advice, not to change the question, but some of the best advice I got was before my first main event, One of somebody told me, get to the table 15 minutes before it starts. And I'm like, okay. Like, knowing me, I was so excited. I was probably there an hour early. You know? <laughs> but uh, I'm like, why? He's like, you just want to see people when they walk up. You want to see if they're handing them a passport for Finland. You want to see if they're on the phone with their home you know, their home game or their wife or they're fighting with the concierge at the Cosmo. Like you just want to take it all in and see where their heads are at. And I'm like, that makes sense. And sometimes you don't gather anything from it, but sometimes you, you do get some pieces. And, you know, like I tell a lot of people that uh, there'll be sometimes in bigger tournaments, I'll engage people before the tournament starts and I'll try to just talk to them like, Hey, you know, where are you from? If I don't know them and, and, sure. Part of it is trying to be nice, but part of it is trying to see how they answer questions when I don't think they're lying to me when I say where you're from, if they say, you know, Sweden, I don't think they're from Australia or whatever, but <laughs> I just try to see how their body language is. Like, I just try to read all that stuff. So if we're in an I'm like, you really have that ace? You're like, you can call back how they acted, you know, and different stuff like that. I mean, there's just so many things that there's so many things I could do better as a poker player without just studying strategy or cards. And there's so many things that other poker players can do. Like if you really want to be good, if you have a passion, you really want to be good at it. It's just not sitting down and just playing and practicing over and over. There's there's many other things off the felt that people could do to be better. So if there's all this stuff like, you know, in advance where you're watching people and it sort of gives you an edge. If you're doing that and you're observing and other people aren't doing that, there's an edge there. And I think you have an edge because you're very aware of personality types and people. Yeah. And you might look at me and go like, okay, there's a guy that doesn't want to lose 1100 bucks. I can apply pressure on him. And so those things are in the live game. Do you feel like you sort of lose a little bit of your edge when you go online as far as, you know, that those pressure points that you can apply or no? Yep. But I still think uh, my uh, aptitude and my uh, skill set is when it comes to numbers is strong mm -hmm. as ever. So guess what? Online, we get to play more hands. So I'll take my chances. If I can play four <laughs> tables online rather than sitting around by you and talking about, you know, the twins, you know, screw that. Like I'd rather play four games. I'll play a 201 here, a 1K here, and we'll just like play. Of course you want to get deep in them all, but uh, you know, I'll take the volume over at any time for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, I'm so just what, win, what, I'm just gonna, I'm a winning player, and I'm gonna win my share. Like I could run bad for three years, cool, fine. I would suck, but I just know that if I put in the volume and I'm really trying, that uh, you know, I just hope that uh, my, you know, the things I do to be prepared will uh, will help me in the end. Well, I think the reality is you're winning. You're going to win more than your fair share. So let's just let's just call it right there as it is. You're you're winning too much, Blake. I'm sorry. We're going to have to take some of that back from you. But but I'm yeah. I'm curious your your journey of learning the game has that has that all been just man you figuring it out, studying your opponents. Has there been an element of whether it's reading books or having you know people around you to talk about hands or how is it just innate? Like how have you become you know Blake Bond uh, that sure. we know now? Yeah, great question. So it's 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 been different like when it first started I was still which I still am but I was still learning so much that I I just also this is before iPhones were out so nobody was on their phone so you could mm. you could like talk to people they weren't watching their movie or you know law and order on their iPad or whatever like there was just more interaction so um and then people there was more people playing that weren't as good so you watch the bad habits and the good habits so I went from trying to learn the game to studying the good people to you know, where it is now, like, uh, you know, there's solvers out there, you know, what are you going to do with the King Jack of Hearts and uh, the hijack when somebody 2.2 X you with 40 blinds, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> well, in a live event, I'm going to look at that guy and like, uh, I'm going to see what he thinks of me and how many anti-chips does he have in his stack? Like, is he playing lots of hands? I don't know. Like, mm. those are, these are things that everybody does. Oh, I, oh, I love that point about the anti-chips in his stack, stack right? That, 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 as someone who plays online more, I don't have that kind of experience with the nuts and bolts mechanics of uh, getting non-physical tells and reads on opponents, but that's great. Yeah, so those are little things. Like, that was taught from somebody else, too. Like, when you show up at a table back in the day, you'd be like, you'd walk around, and if the ante was 100, and you walked in, and, you know, uh, ABC Joe Blow has, like, you know, four stacks of, you know, 20 K, you know, 20, 20 black chips. I'm like, that guy's pretty active. You know, when you see this person over here, has like three any chips. So most likely, most likely there wasn't a color up most likely, but in general, you know, we're going to, those are just things I pick up. But when I sit down, I, I, uh, when I sit down, I know how I'm going to attack the table within one orbit. Like I know what positions I'm in. I know when I can't raise, when my raises are going to be invulnerable, I know what uh, where the chip leader is. If it's not me, I know what small blind to attack. I know who's going to defend the big blinds if I just keep raising. So, I mean, people sometimes they just sit down and play, and they're just like, "Yeah, we're just going to play." And yeah, I you know, it's it's twofold. I hope people play to have fun, but if you're playing to make money, you got to be sitting down saying, "Okay, how am I going to get chips here? You know, can I raise and fold to this guy, or can I bet this river knowing I could fold if he jams, or if he jams, I'm going to change my mind and try to call it off? Like, what does this guy?" You know, does this guy hate me? You know, what does he think of this? Like, I've been playing a lot of hands, so that's why we're playing the 6-3 of spades because if I do pick up aces, they don't know, you know? So it's just like, I don't know. It's, that's the great thing about poker. There's just so many different levels, and that's why. So, I so if I 3-bet you, Blake, what are you thinking? Two jokers. <laughs> two jokers. Maybe three jokers. Maybe a set of Maybe jokers. <laughs> you know, if I have two kings, I'm like, mm. You know, uh, yeah. Like, oh, I'm this gonna, sucks. I'm You're gonna, in a tough spot. I'm gonna probably, probably show you and just be like you got it and just throw it in the muck. Obviously, right. it just depends on every spot. But, yeah. Of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious. Um, so, you know, you you, you play all. Wait, wait. All have the, you ever three bet me? Uh, I don't know that we even I played together <laughs> much. Maybe once bet? or twice. Have you ever three uh, bet? I, I would three bet you. I don't know if we played together okay, much. Okay, just though, checking. But, I was just checking. And, another, you know. I would have. I've learned from these gurus. Uh, you know what three bet is, right, Steve? Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Jack, Jack. No, I I bet the other day with Jack Eight of Hearts. You should be really come proud on. of me, Blake. Come on, I did. I'm I'm well. Maybe I'm just setting you up for the future. I don't know, but no, I'm I'm learning how to balance my range, Blake. I'm I'm learning. I'm you know learning. I you. you know I like you. I <laughs> we played a few times, and you know I like that, and we have another relationship too. So everything's good. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I'm I'm curious, like you know, as, as we talk, you know, we've got people across the board as far as skill levels. We got some people that are really, you know, high level recs that are aspiring to be pros. But I'd say the bulk of our audience are people that are, you know, we're playing home games, bar leagues, hundred dollar tournaments, and we just want to get better. We just want to be better. We don't have the time to really invest a ton of time. So. You know, from your perspective, and I know, you know, it's been a while since you played a hundred dollar tournament, but you know, what, what are some of the mistakes that you think that most rec players played a, uh, played a $53 tournament two days ago? 
Love it. Love it. There you go. Boom, like, people. I, like Let's... if I, if I have nothing, like that's how much I'm eating up poker. Like I'll sit down and if I have nothing to do, I'm like, okay, $53 bounty. Like, let's just play. Like, love of the game. Love of the game. All right. Just, so, so what, what are, what are some of those either, you know, those pools of mistakes or, you know, specific mistakes? What do you still, still people, what, what mistakes do you see people still making more, more often than, than others? I don't know. I mean, how much time we have? I mean, there's just, it's just not even the new players. It's the old players. It's just, Oh like, yeah. You know, Give us your top 28. Uh, I mean, <laughs> let's see when you win tournaments doesn't mean you played as good as everybody mm. else. When you lose tournaments doesn't mean you played as bad or you didn't get as unlucky. Right. So people go on little heaters, which we all, well, I don't know. Like I, yep. I guess, you know, not everybody, but I have, and it's just like, man, I got this figured <laughs> out, but yeah, I guess never try to stop learning. Also, make sure you know why you're playing. If you're going to a bar league, which I've played, I went to bar yep. leagues and played for free, um, or you know, play for the couple hundred dollars or the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce. Like I've done all that. I've done <laughs> everything. Right. I've literally done it all. And uh, just know why you're there. If you're there to have a good time, make sure you have a good time. You know, if you think you're, if I walk in there with an attitude saying I'm Blake Bond and uh, nobody knows me and I'm going to tell everybody how good I am. That's not why I'm at this bar to play this poker tournament, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to sit down and have fun, you know? Um, a lot of times, unfortunately, what comes back to me is, you know, I get a lot of heat back my way, and I sometimes I don't say a lot, but then eventually it just adds up. But as far as, you know, what people should do, they should uh, stay within their bankrolls, uh, you know, Tight is right. Uh, don't ever three bet Blake. Um, <laughs> right, I mean, he's he's totally. You know, and that's about it. Room. That's about it. I right. always have it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I guess that's what I'd like to just tell everybody. You know, just stay out of my way. You know, if I'm around, and uh, you know, try not to talk to me. <laughs> if, I'm not, uh, if I'm not talking to you. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Fold and never. Yeah, never three bet. All right, we're we're starting to get this now. I'm yeah. I'm taking copious notes. I actually stopped one guy. Like one guy had his threw his cards towards the muck back in the day. And I stopped the game, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. And the dealer didn't grab him. The dealer looked at me, confused, and I said, if you muck right there, and I show you a bluff, how bad are you going to look in front of me? <laughs> and he, I shit you not, he pulled no. his cart back and called. And of no, course and you got him. It. Of course I had it, you know. But it's like, <laughs> I just, like, it's just so fun to, like, you know, not mind fuck people, but just talk. Like, it's just, uh, you know, of yeah. course, now he hates me, but I'm just like, you know. You should know if I'm trying to make you stop well, it. Right. Probably, you probably should fold. Right. So, I, I played. I played. I played a tournament hand with the ace of spades stuck face up on my forehead before. <laughs> no joke. At Canterbury Park, I literally the card got exposed, right, because it got dealt, but it hit my like it was my fault apparently. Yeah. So I literally took that card and licked it and put it on my forehead like this, and the tournament kept going. And <laughs> an ace came in the flop. And I bet, and somebody raised me, and he's staring at this ace of spades on my forehead. Right? I'm like, he could never have it. He's trying to represent he has all of it because he thinks I know that I think I have an ace. I'm right. just like, shut. I mean, I'm just going to put it in your eye. Like, it's just out leveling <laughs> people. You know, just, there's just so many fun stories about poker that we could, we could talk for days on. But uh, I don't know. I'm just, you know, having fun is the right word for me right now. But, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm making money and uh, just grinding and just trying to do what I do. Well, it's it's great to hear, right? Because I mean, you, you talk to pros, but you, you know, you don't really know where people are at, you know, that kind of thing. So to hear that you've you know regained your passion for the game is it's just good for poker. I mean, obviously, it's yeah. great for you, yeah. uh, but but it's great for us to hear that. It's great yeah. for it's just great for poker because I think the more you know high level players that are enjoying themselves, that's attractive to us because I think you know recreational players, it's not that attractive to aspire to the next level when everybody's grumpy and crabby and sad and angry and bitter, yeah. like. Oh, I want that in my life. But you know, if you can tell me, man, I'm I'm excited about being a pro. That you know, that's inspiring for all of us. Yeah, no, thanks. Like, uh, definitely, like I said, I've I've gone through the times to where I hated it. Like, uh, <laughs> I just maybe the hate's not the right word, but you know, I just didn't enjoy it. Or you know, yeah, you think you're better than other players, or you get sucked out on, or you just didn't do this, or like life's like kind of making you grumpy, so you don't play as well. I mean, it's just it's really. I mean, people don't realize like everybody you know, that doesn't play poker that you try to say, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I play poker for a living. Everybody <laughs> immediately thinks it's the coolest thing. Ever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's super cool. Like, yeah, I love going to work and losing seven out of 10 times. Yeah. I love, 
I love going to Florida and coming home $50,000 less. Yeah, this, that's great. Don't you think that that's great? You know? Awesome. I, you know what I mean? And people just, people just like, Oh, that's just supposed to be great. And you can do this. I'm like, no, but <laughs> no, I think the successful people, if you really want to get good at it, you have to treat it. Like if people have all had jobs, like another job, you know, treat it like a nine to five job. doesn't have to be nine to five, but put in the time and effort. Make it a yeah. passion and not a job, you know, put it, don't just go play a tournament for three hours and be like, well, that's it. You know, I'm done for the day. Like put in some time in the lab, you know, look at the PO solvers, look at the ICM charts, you know, there's just so many things that we could do to get better. And if you really, really want to be better and good at it, uh, there's a, I can tell you this, everybody could put in more effort to be better. Hmm. Everybody, every one well, of us, every one of us, if we truly want to look yeah. ourselves in the mirror and say, I want to be great at poker. We're all not trying hard enough. We all could do more. But I maybe love that's it. Not everybody's goal. What if your goal is just to all have right. fun and be okay? That's fine then. But if you say, no, I'm getting this next level. No, I'm going to make a name for myself. Guess what? I don't care who it is. You're not putting enough effort because there's so many other things you can do. Not saying I'm not the guy to look at for that, but there's so much more if you want to do that <laughs> that you could do. Uh, it's, that's such good advice. So we'll come back to you if the panel has any other questions. But my last question for you is, is I know, you know, you know, you're confident in your game. You're not really worried about who's at the table. You feel confident no matter who's there. But so, but, but thinking about personalities, uh, you know, that, that you've played with, like who are, who are some of the people that you just enjoy playing with? Not necessarily because of their game, their skill, maybe that's part of it, but just, you know, their personality or whoever you enjoy, like who, who do you love? You know, when they come to your table, you're like, yeah, all right, this is going to be kind of fun. So that's, Super simple. I enjoy playing with people that I know that I actually, actually take that back that are my friends. Like, I don't care where I'm at. If I have a friendship, I'd rather play with that person and talk, talk just life or poker than be at a table with nobody. You know, like that's who I like to play with, you know, um, who I, who, (laughs) if you want me to finish this off, I would not like to play with Blake Bond when he's drinking. Like, I think he would annoy the (laughs) fuck out of me. Right. So I would hate to play with me just because I know I could be annoying. I also would hate to play with me because I know at any time it could go all in. Um, and sometimes yeah. I go home after bagging the chip league going, man, I must have been annoying as hell that night, you know. But uh, at the time, I was just having fun or, or whatever. But uh, I guess, I guess you know, it's kind of an old adage. Like, you should, you need to respect every opponent, but you shouldn't really fear them. You know, you're there to, mm-hmm. you're there to get better. And you want to tell a story. Like, I made, I made a straight flush against Johnny Chan in the main event. Made a straight flush against Johnny Chan. Like, he had the orange out and everything. This is eight years ago. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, I just made a straight flush against Johnny Chan. You know, like, this is like rounded. This is like, you know, of course, right. you didn't say, did you have it or to me? And I didn't say, sorry, John, I don't remember. I mean, we can't go through it like that. But I made a, I had the Queen Nanny Clubs and made a straight flush against Johnny Chan. Now, he's not that good a poker player, and he wasn't even eight years ago. But, you know, those are legendary things. You know, like, I've played, like, I've. I've busted, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, you know, Daniel Negreanu a few times in tournaments, you know, like, um, you know, he's one guy that I wanted to really like until I met him and Mm. we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, well, no, it's an, it'd be interesting conversation just because it's, it's been, you know, he's, he's one of those guys, we can talk about it. I'm, I'm fine talking about it a little bit, but just, you know, he's one of those guys that we've all looked up to. And, you know, I think a lot of us recreational players still do, but just watching, you know, kind of the last month or so, you know, on the streams has been sort of, it's sort of disturbing for some of us, frankly. Yeah. So it's not, that's the problem. It's just kind of always been like that. Like, uh, you know, it starts way back with him and I, like, uh, you know, he, I don't know, like, you know, the player of the Euro WSOP when it was all, you had to play the 10 K buy-ins and get deep to win the player of the year. This was when he did win it five or six years ago. He didn't say, he didn't say shit about it. He just took the award like this. Well, guess what? Guess what? When they changed the World Series structure for the player of the year a couple of years ago, he kind of started bitching about it. I'm like, you can't bitch about it because it was in your favor here and you didn't say shit, right? And now you're talking about it. That just doesn't that just doesn't fit. And mm. don't say like 99% of me, you know, it's fine and 1% of me isn't, bro. No, it's not. Like you have a history of going off. And like, you know, like he already with this Doug Polk thing, like he already sent out this tweet. So he's saying he's gonna play Doug Polk. And if Doug wins, he should because Doug's calls himself the best at it and it's on his terms on his you know forum whatever so he's already setting himself up that if he loses those excuses are built in if he wins he's a fucking champion i mean yeah you know what actually i'm calling him out how many how many cashes does he have 25 26 wsop and no final tables 
Well, that's weird, bro. That's so sick, bro. How those queens and you know held up against those jacks, bro. What about level three when you jammed the ace nine and you know got beat by two queens or you made two aces? Like you just talk about that. And then he goes, then he goes, oh, most of them are in one bullet. I'm like, well, how many is most of them? You know, because I'm playing max bullets and I'm not sitting here saying, holy shit, that's such a sick run. I've cashed nine times in a row. And I'm just like, well, no shit. We all, you and I get to put in three bullets in the WSOP. These other guys don't. You know, we have an advantage. You know, of course you're a better player, but don't sit there and say, oh my God, I'm just on such this. And then when you don't get it, it's like, when he doesn't get there, it's like, I don't know what's going on. Like, it's crazy. But when he cashes nine times in a row, he's like, I'm just the best. I'm just the best, you know? And I just, uh, you know, I don't know. You're going to get me all worked up right now. So let's Yeah, I think we did. We did a little right at the end, right? Just when we won't let you vent. But no, I mean, it's interesting to hear the takes, you know, because we all have different perspectives. And, you know, I get I get notes from people all the time with different perspectives on all these different things. So it's kind of fun to, to, yeah. to take a view from, from your like, seat. I respect him as a person. I'm not calling him out that. I just, sure. I've known him for, I've seen his, I've been in the world for so long and I see what I see and I just don't appreciate yeah. it or maybe maybe i was looking forward to liking him so much because he was my favorite player before i met him yeah. so maybe it's on me a little bit too i'm sure it is but uh you know and maybe if we had some more conversations him and i about it it'd be fine but i can only see what i see from afar and i think a lot of it is uh fake and phony and i've challenged into some bets that he just uh, turns down and i'm just like i mean i'm not trying to Obviously, I can't big time. I mean, the guy's rich as whatever, but I'm just like, I would love to play against him. I mean, I, I, I did a last longer with Fedor Holtz, you know, in the World Series in a 5K event. Like, I'm not I'm not afraid to challenge, I'm not afraid to take the worst of it and bet because it's going to drive me and challenge me, right? You know, I'm not looking for those edges in the gambling world like that. I just want to play against the best. I just want to be good. I don't necessarily want to be the best. I'm old enough. That I just want to keep playing until, I'm going to play until I don't like it anymore. Yeah. I don't think love it's it. next week. I don't think it's anytime <laughs> soon, but it could be. And when it is, it is. It just is. Like, I'm just, yeah. it's, it's uh, just going to walk away. Like, I'll still play the main event or casually, but you won't see me playing 30 tournaments a year anymore. Right. Well, any, any other questions from, from the panel at all? I see a couple shaking hands. All right. Well, Blake, you know, I mean, this is, this is awesome. We could obviously chat for hours. Sure. Uh, and any final words of either advice or wisdom or insight or something that you wanted to chat about that uh, we didn't cover? I don't think so. Like I really enjoyed myself and uh, you know, we can definitely revisit this in a, you know, a few months or a year or whatever and uh, go over some other topics, but I appreciate you guys. And uh, thanks for giving me the time and hope you guys have a great night. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Blake. Uh, you can feel free to jump off. we got some other things to take care of, Sounds but great. Uh, it thanks. was a pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. thanks, Blake. Thanks. Thanks. All right, guys. Well, what, uh, what are, what are our thoughts? Well, that was fun. He's an animated <laughs> character, isn't he? Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not from. Uh, I'm not from around there, so I got a different experience. But uh, that was great. Yeah, it was great. It was really great. I, the end. The end was the 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 icing. Really, that was that was a, a that nice was a, little uh, a little rant on yeah. Yeah. eggs. Yeah, I couldn't oh. stop watching Chris's face. I thought I was watching Chris's <laughs> face <laughs> in the street. It was, it was like, like, like just ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. I was like, "Yeah, oh boy, here we go, here, here we go." That was fun. Well, yeah, part of me was like, "Shoot, why didn't we start that right away?" But then I'm like, "Maybe that was a good thing that that was at the end." <laughs> Might have been the best way. But yeah, it's kind of interesting to see to see what because we only see what Daniel Negreanu wants us to see. But it's kind of interesting to hear what Blake has to right. say because he's obviously played with them and that kind of thing. So it's, yeah. it's just interesting to get that perspective of it. For sure. I really like that uh, he comes across being pretty laid back, but you can tell he actually is a hard worker. He prepares hard, you know, oh, yeah. he brings that, he brings that uh, intellect, that prep intellect that I think uh, is one of the things that sets him apart. And he's obviously got all these great natural skills as well, but I was really impressed. With, with, and even when he starts talking about reverse engineering tricky spots in poker, right, right at the top of the interview, you know, like when I was learning about poker, that was, I mean, obviously, I'd like to get anywhere near as skilled as Blake Bond. But um, one of the ways that I tried to learn was looking at the areas where I felt uncomfortable and then trying to create those circumstances for other people. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I just love the way that he talks about his approach towards studying, the importance of time off the table. And uh, yeah, it was good. Another great interview. Yeah, you know, I watched him play quite a bit. You know, I mean, and he, he appears like he's just really relaxed, but he's, he's like looking at it. He is looking at everything. He's not on his phone. He's paying attention, but he just, he kind of looks relaxed. He's ordering drinks and, and all that kind of stuff. And then he'll be applying pressure. And then some of those spots come and, and you could just tell he gets, gets in that zone. He's just like, he is noodling what is going on in the situation. And uh, it's super fun to watch that happen. 
Yeah, I think he's one of like the my favorite players to watch locally on on stream because I think you should learn. So when when I was really wanting to try to like get better at poker, um, and I was just watching some of the local streams and some and like a lot of the MSPTs, um, he was he was always one that was just really fun to watch when he made a final table there because he he plays differently than some players and and you can learn a lot from somebody like that well yeah when i played with him many years ago at canterbury like i was before i even really was serious or anything about poker and just watching his how he acted at the table and he he was the captain of the table like he and and him being self-aware enough to know his persona at the table is very interesting to me how he can take advantage of it it's just nobody messed with him after he did a few things at the table and that's it's just kind of crazy mm-hmm. how he takes advantage of that. Yeah, he's he's very comfortable when he's at the table, and that's the relaxed part that comes across. But there's also a constant intensity there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's always paying attention and uh, never comfortable to have at your table. You know, yeah, always on your toes. Yep. Well, good I was, stuff. That, I, is, I was ahead, kind Robert. of I was kind of impressed. The, with the way he talks about every within one orbit, he knows how he's going to approach every other player. (laughs) He knows where he's going to get his chips from. You know, he knows he needs to get those chips and he knows who's going to give them to him. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's so being so aware of, of how, you know, the, I guess he's so aware of every other player at the table. He's paying so much attention to what's going on there that I think that's something that all of us should learn from because especially in a live arena, that's probably the most important thing. Like you said, you can do all the studying off the table. You want everything you want to do, but if you don't understand the players at your table, you're not going to be able to be successful. Yeah. I mean, how fun would it be to have like a a little microphone or be inside of his brain? Like, okay, go to a tournament early. Tell me what you see. Like, what do you see? And then, you know, their first orbit or whatever. Okay. What, what are you thinking now? Like, I'd love to know more about that. Like how deep is that going? Like, it makes me feel like if I ever am at like an MSPT table with him, that first orbit, I should just be doing like just crazy bad stuff. Like just like, (laughs) like for that first orbit, just be like tumbling my chips over your chips. Or just (laughs) limping all the time, just like all kinds of stuff just to be like, yeah, but, <laughs> He'd probably catch on to that, but that's he I guess that's would. gotta be my strategy next time I see him. <laughs> He'd see you smirking while you do it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic stuff, guys. Thanks for jumping in there. That was that was fun. Uh pleasure to have him on. You know, it's been somebody we've been wanting to get for a while. And uh, obviously we'll take him up on the fact that uh he he welcomed himself back. So we'll definitely uh, want him back in six months to a year, but uh, let, let's do a little, uh, we're, you know, with the new podcast format, we're kind of abbreviating our round Robin uh, just so you guys that are out there. will kind of slowly transition you into it. So there's not sticker shock, but uh, really, you know, there's just, there's just too many things going on to be talking about at, at the end of these round Robins. It's just so much going on. So really want to encourage you guys, if you're listening out there, go to rec.poker, become a free community member. Uh, that's a great way to stay plugged in and then sign up for the twerp newsletter. If you do those two things, keep listening to the podcast, you'll know what's going on, but uh, there's just too many things going on, but we do want to share a few things uh, that are going on. Um, First of all, if you're a premium member, um, which means if you're a paid member out of rec.poker, you're now going to be invited to our monthly uh, online play and hang invitationals. We do those the third Wednesday of every month. Uh, if you're a member, you get invited to that. We'll play and then we'll hang out on Zoom. We'll invite some special guests. Uh, we've had Moneymaker Maria Ho in the past kind of stop by. So uh, that's a cool thing. And then FYI, Thursday nights, uh, we're going to start streaming on twitch.tv slash poker. That's part of Robbie Straczynski's thing. We did it one time. He loved it. Uh, we had some good good engagement there. So Thursday nights, uh, we're going to start uh, streaming the home game out there. Uh, I'll start doing it. We'll have some other folks jump in there from time to time. But uh, that's super fun. So get out there and engage with us uh, on that deal. But Mr. Somsky, what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, I have. We had a um, our mixed game tournament this last week. And the winner on August 12th, the winner of that was Eric Molina, Rob Brereton. And it's his first mixed win. Nice. Nice. He played a PLO 8. 
And of course, the next game is going to be limit five card draw on September 9th. I lasted about seven hands, I think, on this <laughs> one. I didn't quite make it a full orbit. Uh, so I've got some learning to do next year. Sounds well, that, that was me. better than I thought you'd do, Jim. So. <laughs> <laughs> the over under was eight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Who, who had seven in the pool? <laughs> uh, then our July Tournament of Champions winner was Spot Conlon, Daniel Kennedy. Nice. It's his first Tournament of Champions win. Looking forward to re- reviewing that final table, right, guys? Way to go, Daniel. <laughs> And then uh, our Rec Poker Nightly Series, we had August 10th, Kambinkley. Eric Jin got his second win. Binkley! Oh, he's That's on. He's on. The, he's yeah. listening in right now. There he, he is. Yeah. A little smiley face from the chat. <laughs> right on. One of our forum champions, Binkley. Yeah, he Love is uh, the favorite winner who is on the call right now as we speak. <laughs> <Right>. Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. It's unanimous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, just in case people didn't get the joke, he's the only winner who's on the floor. Right now. Um, John's always so careful with those. He doesn't want people yeah. to get offended. It's, it's adorable. <laughs> August 11th, we had a uh, three-card fan. Michelle Culhane got her first uh, victory. August 13th, Evil Roy CA, unknown. Now, he gave me a hard time saying it was unknown, and the – I played with him. He's played in the Pape series for years. So I've played against him several times, but I don't know what his name is other than assuming it might be Roy, but I don't <laughs> know for sure. I'm it's pretty sure I, I've seen that he comes from Canada though. I've got this like hypersensitivity yeah. thing. When I see that Canadian flag up there, I know he's a good fella. So can't be that evil. <laughs> right, right. He's just uh, uh, much smarter and better than I would have assumed given that he's from Canada. <laughs> Uh, anyway, August 14th, website Mark. Website Mark. Mark Prashan yeah. got his second victory. On August 15th, Hawsey 8, Michael Hawes got his fourth victory. He, he's making waves. Michael Hawes is making waves, man. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> August 16th, Flying Bricks. Sarah Hansen got her third victory. Yeah. Bricks is on uh, a roll. What, lots of people she's, are just she's very running good. it up. That's amazing. Way to go, Sarah. Big, big uh, three. That's fantastic. And just one little remaining thing. Uh, we are going to be having a cash game available. So as people bust out during our nightly tournaments, you can go over, play the cash game. Uh, and it's meant to be the type of thing where you play with each other, talk about your hands, and use it as a training experience. Yeah, it is yep. play money. So uh Let's let's have some fun in there. <laughs> so, so John, I, I I need to I need to jump in here real quick. I know we're we're trying to make this faster, but I did just this is for your information. We got to figure out how to use this. But I got a text from Blake. Uh, he said he just loved it, and appreciated the time. But he also said said several things. But one thing he said, if you ever want me to play a home game, or I can put a bounty on myself for players to play, let me know. So let's figure Ooh. out how to get Blake in our home game and yeah, go after that'd be great. <laughs> Excellent idea. All right, who else we got? Uh, real quick, we got the book study is held every uh, first and third Wednesday of the month. Um, and members are invited to participate in the discussion, to ask questions, provide input, or join us as we go down various rabbit holes. <laughs> um, Guaranteed. All the, all the past sessions are available to premium members. Uh, it also, it took five sessions to get through the pre-flop. Um, <laughs> Uh, then we're going to be starting into the, uh, but it's really it's really good because if someone's looking to construct their pre-flop ranges, it really is a good starting point. Mm. You know, um, it's it's going to give you a really solid foundation that you can expand on as you get better. It's really, uh, I, I it's really been refreshing for me. Uh, and then session six, we're going to go beyond post-flop and start or, or pre-flop and go into post-flop and find out what's going on there. Remember, we're doing a game plan by Matt Matros. Come and join us. It's really a lot of fun. All right, guys, who's next on the list? 
<laughs> I, I don't want to say if Andrew's supposed to go or not because I keep screwing that up every week. But <laughs> yeah, is there a common element <laughs> to see, that? Waiting for up me, every see? Week, Steve. Like, okay, Steve, don't cue them in, Steve. They'll just do their own thing, but they don't do it. So then I have to screw up and say, hey, that's Andrew. And he says, that's why no. I'm silent. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> so it's me. So I'm the one that screwed up. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so just quickly, membership. Um, we're getting ready for September, the big blind. I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, there's been, um, I've been doing a lot of prep work for it. So, uh, I think it'll be a really fun, good conversation for September. Um, and we're still chatting about value, uh, for August. So, uh, get in there in the forums and join us in this, uh, the strat chat when you can. Yeah, I had a power outage uh, that prevented me from joining the seminar recording for that one, but I was able to watch it uh, last weekend. There was some really good stuff in there. I really enjoy the way you guys talk about value targeting and, uh, you know, um, picking the right players to make these moves against and that kind of stuff. There was some really insightful stuff in there. The power outage? Did you have a power outage? Is that what I said, Steve? Is that what no, I said? That's what I heard. <laughs> that's what my brain heard, too. <laughs> it's a process. It's just part of his process. It's part of my process, eh? It's my favorite <laughs> thing to do. Jim, you got anything else for us this week? Or do you want to you promo your uh well, I am I mean, pretty. I'm pretty excited about this new podcast that we've got coming out here. Uh, uh, the, we have so many great forum contributors that I am really excited to be able to bring their thoughts to the rest of Rec Poker Nation, and um, I'm also excited about getting a couple of them on the show from time to time so we can hack right into that uh, brain. Um, and I think Binkley is going to be one of them if we can wrangle mm, him onto on awesome. the show one of these days. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I know how I, I get to actually try and be a host on one of these. I've only tried it a couple times when Steve couldn't make it, and it's hard. So uh, expect a couple ums and uhs coming into the first couple. <laughs> yeah, because I never have any of those. Um, <laughs> all right, well, good. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Well, anything that we missed, guys? Anybody uh, hand up? Anybody miss anything? All right, I think, I think we're good to go. Fantastic stuff, man. Thanks, thanks everybody. Thanks, Blake Vaughn. That was great. Check out Rec.Poker. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, thanks to our official sponsor, Running Aces Racetrack Casino and Hotel, Website Amp, Learn Pro Poker. Uh, fantastic stuff, guys. And we'll, uh, we'll sign off there. Thanks, everybody.